Good morning, good afternoon, assalamu alaikum. Turn your stereos, your speakers, your bowls, your beats, whatever you are listening to. You are tuned in with Tea with Tiffany J with your host, Tiffany Johnson. You are now tuned in to episode two, Oh, You Foreign Now. I have some awesome individuals that are featured on episode two. Those featured will share their experiences abroad where they are originally from, how did they make the decision to move abroad, as well as will they ever leave and go back to the States? First, we have Bobby. Hi, I'm from Virginia. Um, I'm a school counselor here in Abu Dhabi, and I've been here for four years, and I'm going home this year. (laughs) (laughs) Assalamu alaikum, my name is Tiffany. Born and raised in Georgia by way of South Carolina. I am working on my first full year here in the educational realm, and I think I'll stay another year. Hi, my name is Ashley. Um, I've been here about five years. I'm from South Carolina, and uh, I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. Hey, uh, my name is Aiden. Currently live in Dubai. Um, from Bridgeport, Connecticut, where my family lives. And um, I do plan on seeing them this summer if they let me. Uh, I was just told by our principal this morning that it's not likely, but and she prefers if we stay. But knowing myself, I'm probably going to leave because I've been here way too long. But I do plan on staying here for at least additional three to five years, maybe live here, raise a family. I don't know yet. I haven't decided. Raise a family, okay. Who knows, man? <laughs> uh, I may, I may go to that point. Okay, okay. We are gonna get to that part. We are gonna get to that part. So, anybody can start it off. Why did you move here? Why did you move here? Um, I'll in. start. Okay, go ahead, Ashley. Um, I moved here on a whim. <laughs> I literally <laughs> talked to a couple of friends who are already here. And I felt like it might be a great move. I've been in South Carolina my whole life and I needed something different. So I applied in January, interview and job offer by February and gone in August. So it was just a much needed like break from everything. um, And I just needed some new scenery. So that's why I moved. Okay. Okay. Tiffany. So I um, originally uh, thought about coming maybe a year prior to me actually coming here. I was coming straight off of a divorce. I wanted something uh, new. Um, Sometimes you can kind of get lost in a marriage just by being a wife and a mother. And so I felt the need to um, realign myself and, and, you know, refocus and um, renew what Tiffany, um, what Tiffany was and what, what Tiffany is and um, what Tiffany will be after this is all said and done. And um, it's, it's been a journey, but um, I am excited to meet the woman that I know I will become after this experience is over. Okay, because it sounds like you was listening to episode one with the R's, the realignment, <laughs> revive, renew. Okay. <laughs> Um, Aiden. Um, I actually moved here for a couple of reasons. Um, it was more of a, a strategic, like, long-term plan I had since, like, 2016. So, um, 
I've always been like in love with traveling, um, exposing myself to things that made me uncomfortable. So I've always just been fascinated with this area of the world and how they ran things, having the world's tallest building. So I had like a, a bit of an obsession with Dubai particularly. Um, and, you know, the, the political climate as uh, the years continued in the, in the U.S. didn't really help. And it kind of allowed me to solidify my decision and eventually moving abroad. So I kind of just made my decision from there and said, you know, I can't be around seeing all this stuff that I was seeing in America. It's, 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 it's tough to live there, especially, you know, as you guys can attest, as uh, right, right. Uh, people of color. It's not it's not the easiest place to live. So I was looking for a scenery change, but I was also looking for something exciting. Uh, and um, I checked off uh, a lot of the stuff that I was looking for. You know, I was looking for somewhere that was uh, a Muslim country, somewhere that spoke the same language that I speak. And um, and Dubai kind of checked all boxes. So thankfully, I'm here. OK, Robin. <laughs> um I moved, it's interesting, I uh, would say things about maybe six or seven years ago, oh, you know, I would see an ad, teach Dubai, teach away, and I would um, just say randomly, I'm going to move to Dubai, I'm going to move to, you know, the UAE, and I would say it in these conversations, and people would smile, oh, go ahead, girl, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I don't think they believed um, me. Um, I think a turning point for me was uh, I lost both of my parents. Um, the political climate, as Aiden mentioned, um, prior to me leaving, um, we started having a lot of the um, Black Lives Matters movement and walks and protests. And I remember taking my son out to one and there was a, a really tense moment with the police. And I just remember thinking I didn't want to raise my child in that. And he at the time was 14. And so I applied kind of like what um, Ashley said on a whim. And it moved so fast, it made my head swim. It seemed like I put in the application. And like a week later, I was already hired. They're talking to me about moving and I needed to put all this paperwork in. And I didn't even have a chance to say no. It really, because it just moves so fast, and I was here before I knew it, and it's one of the best things I think I've ever done. I've learned so much about myself. I am no longer fearful of many things, and I know that I am very, very strong. Um, I already knew I was strong, but I think I mm, could feel it, and I could stand in it, and and not only know it, but walk like it, so... Yeah, it's been a powerful journey, and I'm excited to go back home, refreshed, <laughs> renewed, <laughs> revived, yes, and ready to go. Um, for those of you who tuned in to episode one, I gave um, a snippet of some reasons why I moved, um, past relationships, just wanting to build myself in my career. I wanted more. Um, I'm sure that those individuals featured on this episode can attest I worked at a title one school we already know how that is being in a title one school means that the district or the area they're so hands-on and involved and you don't really have so much of a say so as much as you want 
Um, here, I was able to be creative. I wanted to have new experiences. I also wanted to travel, and I felt like this was probably the best way to do it, like to force me to do it. So that was my 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 big leap of faith, as people like to call it. I just needed something, a big change for myself to find myself, to figure out what I wanted to do, who I wanted to become, what I wanted in life. Um, I needed to work on my flaws and, you know, get it together expeditiously. <laughs> um, so our next question is going to be, did you ever want to become a runner and just leave? at any point during your first year? Robin, your hand shot up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that anybody that is stepping into a culture totally unknown to them, um, experiencing all types of things that <laughs> you don't have to deal with in your home country, it'll, it'll give you if, if you, if you just only for a second, it'll give you the thought of, mm, what did I do? Um, I can remember stepping into the world of inshallah and, and finding out that, you know, unlike home, if I go to home and I ask someone to be at my house by Tuesday, they're there. Whereas here, you know, I need you to come and prepare this. Oh, inshallah. Uh, okay. <laughs> when? Uh, maybe today, maybe next month. What? <laughs> Just the, you know, those cultural things that kind of make you take a step back. And not only that, um, getting used to a whole different way of life. Um, it's a culture shock. So anybody that has ever had that, yeah, you'll, you'll want to run, but the strength gets in there. You get strong, you dig your heels in, and you make it. Put on your big girl panties. Big girl panties. <laughs> Not big. <laughs> I don't think I necessarily... Uh... Wanted to run. Um, run is in is not in my vocabulary because I knew I had okay. <laughs> I had three kids that were um, watching me, and um, I left those three kids. And um, I had a purpose for coming, and I want to see that purpose through. Um, I think my experience will not only um, just strengthen my faith in 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 God and and who I am, but it will also show my three kids that you can do anything that you set your mind to. And um, I'm hoping they will walk in my path and, and know that um, the sky is the limit. So I don't, I don't feel like, yes, I did have some anxiety about coming because I pretty much left everything I knew. Um, but I, I don't feel like there was a sense of, I got to go back home. I need to go back home. I want to go back home. Um, um, so I could do all things. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Spirit. I, I consider myself to be a pretty resilient person uh, mentally and just spiritually, physically, uh, that I don't really allow too much to break me down. Um, and, you know, I, I credit that to my parents and just upbringing and just not, you know, folding pretty easily. So, um but that I mean, I do experience like anxiety like every other normal person, you know, um, and then those times I just lean on uh those points of strength, which are resilience and just persevering and pushing through, and allow that to uh take over me so it it's definitely been tough this year, especially just leaving uh a place that I was so familiar with, but I knew I could do it um and Living alone isn't easy because I, I, I 
you know, I'm used to a big home and having like uh, seven of my other siblings in the crib and we're all with each other. We're all laughing. I, we're, I miss the tightness of how things used to be back home, but I'm, I know that this journey alone is going to continue to strengthen my mind though, and I look forward to that. Um, I don't think I had a moment that I wanted to go back home because I'm a <laughs> pros and cons type person. So weighing the pros of being here and the cons, um, it really wasn't an option for me to go back home. My question always was go back home to do what? Um, oh, yes, right. yes, yes. It, it still <laughs> is that same question, which is why I've been here for so long. But I think the main thing that helped me become so adjusted were my coworkers who have been here for a while and the fact that day one, when we left Charlotte and flew to New York, um, by that point, we had already had a group of six people <laughs> that were going to be in the same building. You know, all of us were headed to Abu Dhabi. So that close knit community of people who were going through the same thing, um, it really helped. Our group chat was even called either we're winning or we're learning because here that's how we really saw everything. Either we're winning yeah. on the weekends or we're learning. <laughs> You know, it really wasn't right. Really wasn't a loss. So I think that's just the same mentality that I've kind of kept over the years that this place has just afforded me so many opportunities um, financially, mentally, spiritually, physically, everything that I grew up wanting. And it just seemed like a better fit. So, no, I don't think it was time to run. I think it was time to plant my feet and understand this is where I was supposed to be and not back in small town USA. Absolutely. Right, because it's definitely small town USA. Yes. <laughs> we see that now. <laughs> we see very clear. And I think she made a good point. I think your support group here, like mine, like she had a, a WhatsApp group. We had a WhatsApp group called the Lifecation Ladies. Aww. And we said we were coming here not for a vacation, but for a Lifecation. Mm -hmm. And I think, just like Ashley said, like you have said, I think your support group um, also, when you're having those moments of doubt, whether it's, yeah, I don't think it was ever that I wanted to run, but yeah, I definitely had some moments where it was shocking to my system. And instead of feeling alone or nervous, they helped me, girl, it's okay. They'll come tomorrow. They just say that, you know, whatever right. the case may be that was, you know, frustrating me at the time. Your support group here, because we are so far away from our families, having that, um, that close group of people that come in with you, your cohort that understand what it's like. Mm. They become <laughs> your family. Yeah? Literally. Exactly. Right. And I think it's crazy because some people like, you know, oh, no new friends. You know, I've heard that so many times, but... I hate that saying. You, you know, I find it... <laughs> not that I don't love my friends at home. I love my friends. Some of my friends I've had for, you know, almost two decades. Like, I love them dearly. But there is another world out here that majority of my friends at home don't understand. You know, if yeah. I say in Charlotte, they're like, well, what you mean in Charlotte? And I'm like, oh, man, I forgot. Like, I got to give you a direct answer. <laughs> you know, like, you're right. not understanding when I say this or, you know, not trying to bombard them with what's going on here because their level of perspective isn't on the same thing as mine. So having people here who have that same perspective, who are going through the visa process, who are going through trying to figure out vacation days because they won't announce them or just the, <laughs> just the myriad exactly. of things. Like, well, yeah. you know, it, 
should I pay $1,500 for this ticket? You know, should we go on a vacation out the country this weekend? Like having people that understand (laughs) that mentality and what your lifestyle you're in is so important because I've seen so many people who haven't had that and they're back home now. Like, you know what? I'm, I'm here by myself. I'm not, you know, in a tight knit community and that that's been their, their go-to. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that having a support group will make it or break it here. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, for me, um, I I don't think I would have been a runner, but I definitely had moments where I cried my eyes out in my room, <laughs> like Viola Davis crying on How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> <laughs> now that's some tears. Like, yeah. tears tears the the snot you you name it like I, I was because it just was overwhelming um I come from a very sheltered and nurtured background like I hadn't been away from my dad longer than two weeks and here I am and something happened which is my greatest fear it's gonna take me over 15 hours to get home you know it's just things of that nature that I had to deal with um, before I moved, I lived at home with, you know, with my parents, which I am not ashamed of. <laughs> my house had more than enough bedrooms to accommodate myself without being bothered on a day-to-day basis. And it saved me money. And I'm from Palm Beach. Palm Beach is very, 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 very expensive. Um, we compare, you know, states like Texas and Florida, uh, Anything that I would want would, would be 2000 renting, even, easy, like no problem. But I just had to get used to being with, by myself. Um, all my close girlfriends are teachers. So I taught with them. I could run downstairs or go down the hall. We were on the same team. I could go down the street to their house. Hurricane season hit. My lights go out. My dad, where you going, Tiffany? Oh, I'm going to the Browns house. We we don't have power, but they do. And I don't have to announce that I'm coming. I walk in the house with my bonnet. What's for breakfast, family? Like, it's it's no problem. And it just was a big adjustment not to do that. Because m- moving here, you have to allow people to get to know you. And that in itself is a huge thing for me. Um, I've been around the same people for so long. And although you meet new people because you have friends of friends and things of that nature... You kind of, I'm kind of the person that it's hard for me to let people in. I'm the most social butterfly ever when we're out having fun. But to really know details and my inner thoughts, it takes a lot. And I just honestly miss, you know, my dad busting in my room telling me you're going to be late for work. Get up. I miss, (laughs) um, I miss when I didn't want to clean my bathroom. I can pay my daddy. Yes, I used to do that because I didn't want to clean. And I'm not ashamed. I told y'all in the first episode, I'm spoiled. It is what it is. You traded your Um, daddy for a maid. It's okay, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But luckily, we got maids over here. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But, yeah, it just was a lot. It was a huge adjustment. And like you guys said, I had a big support group with my coworkers. Robin, Tiff, now that she's here, so many coworkers here are now so supportive and have been you know checking me when I needed to adjust change my attitude because you know a lot of us come here with the American mindset and that's not the way this country operates and if you can't bring your American ways over here these people do not care 
how you want to do stuff, they're going to do it the way they see fit. So, yeah. Um, our next thing was going to be, how has your experience been since you moved out here? So we're going to get into the juicy parts. We're going to talk about nightlife, dating, the benefits, um, maybe the packages that your uh, occupation gave you. Um, we're going to talk about Tinder, guys. Um, oh, gosh. Everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> so who wants to jump in? Let's go. I'll jump in. I'll go first because I'm boring. <laughs> I've only had one date <laughs> since I've been here by choice, people, not by force. Don't be good for me. <laughs> but um, really, um, I have a, a son who was just graduating from um, high school and really my my sole purpose was pouring into him so I went on a date it didn't really work out wasn't feeling it and you know just on this spiritual journey so I haven't really done the tinder thing or the dating thing here in Abu Dhabi I'm a little boring I've had nightlife though I, I get it in but I no dating nightlife like what do you mean like like going to nice restaurants going to jazz clubs I, I love I you know, I'm older, Tiffany. So, <laughs> I'm not trying to stand up all night, but I'll go somewhere and listen to some live music or sit on a patio and eat good food and, you know, mill around and meet, meet and greet. So, a little shimmy. A little shimmy. You know, a little <laughs> heat on them. A little, you know, a little smile and a wink. And move on. So, yeah. But it's, it's been lovely here. Um, any and everything, I think, like I said, the support group, we called ourselves the Lifecation um, women because, or the Lifecation ladies, because, you know, where else can you come and live, go to work, and then an hour after you're off work, you're on a beach? Where else can you go where you get eternal sunshine all year long? <laughs> um, it, it's, it's a beautiful place. It's a place where you can experience a lifestyle that you wouldn't necessarily possibly have um, back home working in the same type of job. Um, so I've, I've really enjoyed myself. I'm a spa head. So I, my joy is to go and uh, see new spas every chance I get. And I do it as often as I want to because it's affordable and I deserve it. So it's lovely here. <laughs> lovely. Well, for me, I will say, you know, coming here off of uh, a 16-year marriage um, and having been newly divorced, my sole purpose was um, to work on me. So really um, haven't gotten into dating yet. That's, um, you know, probably down the line. But right now, it's it's all about me enjoying me and, and trying to figure out um you know, who I am and, and just um, basking in um, the, the wonderful uh, things that Abu Dhabi has to offer, you know, um, the affordability of everything, um, the um, nice uh, weather, just trying to enjoy me and um, figuring out, you know, you know, what, what I want to do in the next couple of years. Uh, my goal um is to try and create a nest egg for myself and my kids. So um, trying to balance maintaining um, some sense of, okay, I know what I have to do, you know, long-term for myself and my kids, but also trying to um, not let this opportunity uh, go to waste. So, you know, I'm wanting to enjoy myself, but 
just trying to balance it all right now. So um, nightlife, yes, I have enjoyed a little bit of nightlife, um, but also realizing that I'm kind of on the upper end of um, some of the ages of the people that I have uh, befriended. And that's okay with that. Um, you know, I, I have um, definitely had my time of going out and, and um, being a night owl. Um, and, and, you know, right now, I think I'm trying to make sure that um, I solidify myself and my children's future. So um, that's that's kind of where I am right now in all of this all of this newness. Um, I think the last five years have been kind of a roller coaster, but I plateaued as far as um, how active I've been. When I first got here, you would catch me in a different country at least four or five times a year um out every weekend because something was going on ladies nights because they poor Ooh, you know ladies night right lady. <laughs> so ladies nights here anytime I think about ladies nights I think about like you know the old 90s movies like Babs coming to America and you're like oh you know ladies get in for free so um, right here, <laughs> here with ladies nights it's not so much that you get in for free but you just get free pouring drinks or you know there's a place by my house that does free um free shisha and they do free sushi so it just is it's a great time you know even when it gets cool outside they'll offer you a blanket if it's an outdoor ladies night you know so just do a heater right <laughs> um being able to do that like it brings me joy like I love you know Tiffany can attest it is like hey girl you know let's do ladies night tonight you know oh well let's do it tomorrow which one right which one <laughs> so shout out to best bites 80 um but right in the discount but um you know with that it's been great just being able to be uh, catered to as a woman and not have to do anything for it that's been a blessing um with nightlife I've had a lot of great nights out here everything from you know the parties to kickbacks to f1 weekend it's just a lot going on so I don't ever feel like I have to you know travel outside of Abu Dhabi just to have fun there's always something going on um with dating, dating is kind of interesting here, maybe from my perspective, because I've been here for so long. So I'm kind of in and out of different groups. And because of that, the dating pool seems very small for what I would want, which is a black man, man of color. And they have the advantage here. <laughs> they really have the advantage here because there's so talk about there's it. so <laughs> many dope women here. And I'm not just speaking about the dope black women that I know, but just women in general. Hello. So honk, honk. It, it's a little <laughs> bit hard. <laughs> exactly. Um yeah, I've been on Tinder. I matched. I haven't matched with somebody who I was already currently dating on a whim, but Typically, I don't respond. I don't know if I'm afraid to <laughs> to like really get to know somebody or try to figure out what they're doing. But yeah, I never respond if I match. And it's kind of awkward, but it's okay. Um, but my quality of life, I feel like, is much better. I'm happier. Um, I'm healthier. My mind is clearer. I definitely under, I can definitely see that. Um, I'm with you with the spas, getting the Moroccan bath is like my favorite thing to do. 
Um, you know, I never knew. <laughs> I never knew that having somebody like wash me like was gonna be exactly. you really on your coming to America stuff with somebody. Baby. You really are. You know, <laughs> I might watch that tonight. Listen, exactly. Best. You know, and they're cheap. I literally went and got a yeah. pedicure and Moroccan bath and my nails done and a facial for less than a hundred dollars and it was amazing you know so i love it right it's so affordable because there's spas and lady centers on every corner it might be three on that one corner so i think it's just being able to relax i feel like i can breathe here at home i feel like i couldn't breathe Mm. because Mm. of you know, only making fifteen hundred dollars a month. Like, who's supposed to live off of that? You know, like yeah. that, right. That, and then afford rent, right? And that's when gas was three dollars and eighty seven cents a gallon. So, no, exactly. I think being able to breathe and relax and truly just tune into myself has been probably the biggest blessing since being here. I've definitely calmed down since twenty fifteen. Um, but it's been a beneficial calm down. It hasn't been, oh man, I miss doing X, Y, and Z. It's, I've gotten into my groove. I've been in the same school, same apartment. I'm just in a place where I'm comfortable, but you know, comfortable is only going to last for a little bit of time. So we'll be moving on to something else, but I'm definitely comfortable (laughs) and happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, I'm I'm actually a baby here. I've only been here for ten months, but uh, in these past ten months, I've definitely uh, experienced a lot. Post like not post. <laughs> Talk about it, Mister GQ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dubai. I mean, living in Dubai, you just got um, a lot of and there's, there's pros and cons. I'll get to the cons in a couple of seconds. But the pros is, you know, everything is of access to you. I can always, like, step out and and try out a new restaurant. I can go to several areas of the city. And I might, you know, want to be on the Jumeirah side one, one day or stay on the uh, Dubai Marina side. Or, you know, they just got there's the access, the pool of things to do um, on this side is, is definitely something I'm thankful for. Um, I would say the cons is there's not enough black people. Um, so I, I always tell this to one of my good friends who I just recently link up with here. Uh, you guys know him, Jay Lee. Yes. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And we, and we talk. Yeah, <laughs> we talk, we talk a lot. And I'm, <laughs> yeah, we talk a lot. And I'm just like, you know, he lives in uh, Ras Al Khaimah. And, uh, you know, I just mentioned to him, I'm like, you know, partially, partially the reason why I don't go out as much as I uh, want to is the fact that I don't really have like a a solid crew to go out with. You know, when I was back home, I would go out with my boys, um, friends. Like we we would just have a tight knit uh, crew, and we would just decide on what to do for that evening. Over here, it's kind of like I kind of make my own decisions. I might want to do shisha on the marina side, or I might want to just stay on my side uh, where I live, uh, which is the creek area. And just kind of just say bye over here. Um, but I think solitude has definitely taught me a lot. It's definitely a blessing in disguise. Uh, I've learned to reach out to people and, and communicate more effectively. Um, I'm trying different restaurants. I'm exposing myself to different things. Um, I guess a, a positive is I'm not on another person's schedule you know i could just kind of just get up and just say hey i kind of want to go to dubai mall now 
and um and see what's over there it's different things that uh i've learned to enjoy um um in this 10 month journey and i'm hoping it's definitely more and i had definitely a lot of plans but corona ruined every single one of them. Talk about it. Like, Talk I'm supposed to be on the guy at break. Oh my lord! Right, I was supposed to be on the guy. Yeah, I had, I had a break. lot of. Listen, yeah, sir, this is my of... last four months. How you think I feel? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's I had like ton of travel plans. My mother wanted to come here. I was gonna fly her out over here. My parents it's, too. You know, flight got canceled. It's you know, it's crazy, but you know. Uh, I'm looking forward to 2021. See what that has in store. Um, and just just be thankful for what um you know I have and um and continue to learn as as far as the dating side goes. You know I typically go for black women, so ain't really too much of that over here. You gotta and and if there are, uh, they're they're like way older than me and. Uh, I've went on a couple of dates um, with like some Asian girls, and uh, it didn't really work out. So I just uh, decided to just stay on my own. I don't really mess around too much with the Tinder stuff, simply because I'm not from here. So I don't really know what's really going on. Um, you don't want to be catfished. <laughs> yeah, I mean, besides that, I haven't really gotten catfished in my life too much, but. I'm more concerned with, especially with Corona out now, you know, so I'm not even, I don't know. Even, even back then, I just didn't know. Like I wasn't, I wasn't feeling uh, as frisky as I would be if I was in the U.S. <laughs> you know? That's a terrible I, I like analogy. But we Say it one more time. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> frisky. Like when you're in the U.S. When you're in the U.S., like, I kind of know what's up in my own city. You know what I'm saying? Comfortable. Like, I'm comfortable in my own city. I guess that's the word. We know what you mean. So I'm not as, I'm not as comfortable over here is what I'm trying to say. So, in the dating room. Okay. In the dating room, yeah. But in terms of just, like, linking with people and, like, you know, meeting up, going out, um, getting dinner somewhere. Like, that's fine with me. I've done plenty of that over here. Look, that's how we and, met. Uh, at what? Uh, yeah. At the yacht party. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, uh, Jay Lee um, um, invited me to. And just having that connection definitely helped. And he's exposed me to more uh, black people, which is what I've been looking for since I came up here. But they, I was told they're all in Abu Dhabi. Yes, we are. And um, <laughs> I'll be... And I always talk to them. I'm just like, why don't you just come on this side? They'd be like, nah, nah we straight. Dubai is way more expensive than Abu Dhabi. Yeah, but you know, you you could you'd find something that's like really, you know, in that range. It all depends on what everybody's current like housing situation is looking like. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you're willing to pay uh pay like 40 k or more, like within that range, then. There's plenty of situations like that out here. For me, it was, you know, and I, I did apply to Abu Dhabi as well. And they didn't really reach back um, in a timely fashion. But I'm not surprised. <laughs> Learning by living over here, <laughs> this country just takes their sweet-ass time. To like, it's, it's <laughs> so it was, it was that that I was a bit confused by initially, uh, why they weren't really hitting me back. But I'm glad 
the and not, that's not to say I love Abu Dhabi because I visited the Sheikh Zayed Mosque and that area is just beautiful, and I think I would have been more grounded there if I lived in Abu Dhabi. I wouldn't feel I feel like I spend too much money over here. Yeah. If I were if I were living in Abu Dhabi, I, I don't think I would be inclined to want to go out um, all the time. But living in Dubai, I think one of the cons is uh, that there's just so much to do that it's kind of hard to like you know just stay in, like. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, the past ten months have have been very fun, even though. You know, Corona has ruined like four months of it. I've I've uh learned to just use these past four months with Corona to learn like new skills such as cooking and and just like um just connecting with my parents more um and calling them frequently. Um, so I hope that this thing ends soon so I could be living my best life traveling, man. Because <laughs> that's really what I enjoy. And as soon as this, them doors open. I'm out of here. I feel you. My experience has, um, I can describe it in one word, lit. Like, um, I love Abu Dhabi. I did my research prior to moving. Um, Abu Dhabi is more the residential emirate where people make families. People stay here. People live here. Um, Expense-wise, it's more... It's cheaper than Dubai. From taxis are even more expensive in Dubai. Um, meals, um, just services. I had a friend that lives in Dubai. It was his first year this year. He said he paid over a hundred dollars for a haircut. Excuse me, say what? I get my hair washed and braided and detangled, and they provide the braided hair for ninety American dollars. Yeah, my shape ups is about fifty. You saying dollars yeah. or durham? Which is a huge in- Do- dollars. Nah, fifty dollars, which is a huge inflation from my usual twenty five. Okay. Back home, but I've learned to look at barbering differently. You know, barbers are single handedly responsible for, and, and from the man perspective, and like us just having opportunity, <laughs> you know, and looking good. <laughs> so, I'd be willing to drop fifty dollars. I don't care at this point. And they're good too. So, yeah, it definitely depends. But like, I love the happy hours. Like Ashley said, the happy hours are one of my favorite things. Every night here, you have somewhere to go that you can drink free, whether you're drinking margaritas at Loca, whether you're drinking wine at Caramel with the special drinks. And they're going to play nothing but 90s R&B music. And it's not mixed with tech. <laughs> um good old house from, music right um to byb uh my favorite place in the whole wide world with the good food like when they played city girls and cardi b that was home to me like, i just want to smoke I'm shisha on the roof you know that's the only thing i want to go back and do <laughs> smoke some shisha on the roof yes yes it's very it's definitely a vibe here and that was one thing that i think um my city west palm lacked because when we did get those kind of things they shut them down um, granted that you know sometimes there were reasons why they shut them down but it's, it's at the same time too sometimes they shut things down before before it can even get started um, and that's one thing that we had a, a difficult time doing we had we had only so many choices and some of those choices got old very very quickly um I love 
The staycations? No, the staycations, I have only done, surprisingly, I've only done, like, three. And I think my favorite was Rasa Came of the Cove. It's, like, this own island, and it's, like, paradise, and you have jet skis, and you have the beach. And I got upgraded to a villa, and then I have American Buffet. And then I, it was just amazing. Like, it was everything I need, even though, you know. Me and my boo at the time, you know, we left and went to McDonald's because <laughs> no, that's what we wanted. <laughs> no, ma'am. But but you have to agree that the McDonald's here is way different than America. Oh, in, a in thousand like, percent. I feel like it, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, healthier. in America, like it's forbid. It's like the forbidden fruit. You don't eat guts. McDonald's, but here, that's wrong. Like yeah. I felt insulted when he told me we're gonna eat McDonald's. I'm like, what are you taking me at? Some little cheapskate. You're not taking me to McDonald's. Then when I had it, it was like I was eating it every week. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, the food here, like um, Aiden said, it it helps me with my food palette, being able to taste different things. Um, I don't think I would be so active in cooking and trying different things. I mean, I I wouldn't try Ethiopian food in America or Arabic food or um, Sudanese food, all those different things in different cultures. So that was a big step for me just to, you know, expand my taste buds. Now, Tinder. Hmm. I tried Tinder um, my first year. Well, let me let me not sugarcoat it. I got bored one night, you know, jet lag. With jet lag, you can't sleep. It's a big adjustment. So I decided I was going to get on Tinder. My coworkers kept talking about it. They kept making jokes that it's different from America. I now, side note, I would never get on Tinder in America. American people, I love y'all. You know, that's my passport, but... Y'all play too much. I don't feel comfortable with which with y'all. Mm-mm, not going on a date. It's not happening. Over here, uh, you know, I already moved abroad, so I was like, keep going, keep it going, sis. Like, try it out. So it was a lot of no's, <laughs> but it was a it was a few. I was like, okay. And then I um went out on my date, and we, you know, we still talk to this day. It was two years. And it, it flourished. He's born and raised here in Abu Dhabi. He's from Sudan. Um, project electrical engineer. Um, family is based here as well. But it allowed me to step out and do things that I wouldn't necessarily do back in America. Um, being here has definitely matured me in a lot of different aspects. Um, we may not get all the music we want when we go out. But, you know, we make a way and we make make fun of it. So I love it. So our next question is going to be, how is it working with people from different cultures, different cultures and backgrounds? I can start with that. Uh, <laughs> I think the outside of just like um, the lack of communication here, which I was shocked by coming in here. And 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 the and the timeliness and how they get back to you, I was also a bit trying to get used to the the cultural stuff and working with people from like all different walks of life, like Egypt and some Indian coworkers and uh, a few uh, Americans and British teachers here and there. So we had like an eclectic group, but um, 
it would be it would definitely be something I wasn't used to. I was coming from a place where I was working with all American, of course, living in America, and um, our streamlining of communication was always tight. To coming over here, where it doesn't it didn't seem like everybody was on the same page initially for the first few months um, teaching. And so that was something I had to get used to and, like, give some of my coworkers some feedback about, like, hey, I'm a bit, I'm, you know, I'm new to this. I'm going to have you guys show me the way, but this is not how I work. Can you teach me how I can be more conducive to this team? And there, there were some run-ins initially. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it were professional run-ins. I wasn't all hyped up like I would be in America. But it was something that I needed to get acclimated to. It was... It was it was it was initially tough. Like I was working with teachers that, and I think I told you this before, Tiffany. But teachers that knew what they were doing, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. I didn't re- I didn't really have to explain what like how to teach Common Core standards, but like some of these teachers really needed like you training. Know, <laughs> yeah, and and I wasn't. Maybe I had my vision. A bit like skewed, but when I was coming in, I was thinking I was walking into an established environment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and uh, although my school is an American curriculum for several number of years, they don't they they have people who aren't an American implementing something that is American. Mm. So you're Bingo. you're already gonna have some, <laughs> you know, you're already gonna have something you know off, and. Um, you know, it was a bit of that uh, having high expectations for kids. I was seeing teachers just kind of do whatever. Um, and I, I was coming from a school of, like, it was really stringent and, like, uh, state assessments were really important and, and, and preparing kids for college and beyond was really important. I was seeing I, – I didn't like what I was seeing for the first couple of months. Let's just say that. But we had more of a, a, a vision that we had to uh, create for our team and – our school, I think our principal has definitely also allowed uh, the staff to improve and, and, and grow from where they were. But it's definitely helping uh, with uh, just connecting more with them and talking to them or just explaining ideas and concepts to them and learning some things from them and just exchanging information. Um, yeah, I think that also matured me a lot quicker, too. You know, having that dialogue with people that I normally wouldn't find in my neighborhood coming from a black and Hispanic community. I didn't have like Indians in my uh, community yeah. unless I went to the mosque, you know, I would see them and like I would, that's where I would see more of a, a diversity. But my own community, I didn't really see that, you know, was, I went to school black and Hispanic students uh, until I went to Yukon um, and that's where I saw more like um, white folks and that was also another learning curve for me but over here was also an, another learning curve because I wouldn't interact with these people back in my community and now I had to um, yep I think the biggest thing here has been getting rid of what I thought it was supposed to be based on um you know they advertise this as such a glitz and glam place which it is don't get me wrong um but i think the main thing that i had to understand was that 
everybody has everybody has their own learning styles and everyone has been taught differently. So what I think is common sense for creating an accurate and effective lesson plan, somebody else might think that's a high standard. You know, like it, it's very different for different countries. I have co-workers from South Africa. I have co-workers from Egypt. I have co-workers from Sudan. Um the UK, Ireland, and how they're taught, how we're taught as Americans are two totally different things. Um, I agree with so many of the American curriculum schools are not run by Americans. It's just the name of the school. Like it has nothing to do with um, if they're going to be actual American teachers. Same thing with my orthodontist. My orthodontist is called American Excellence. And there are no American doctors. Thank you. Right down the street. (laughs) So there are no American doctors. And there's probably nothing American about them, huh? Shout out to Dr. Basile. Um, Dr. Basile is Turkish. Like she's she's Turkish. Has she had training? That's my son. Has she had training? Yes. She's stuck outside of the country. I'm a little bit sad. Um, but Dang, y'all have an orthodontist though? I need to I need to set my shit up. I don't have an orthodontist. You better use them benefits while you got them. Right. I don't have an orthodontist. But I got that's braces crazy. three months after I moved here. So I needed one. But um, I think that's been one of the main things. But I enjoy the conversations that I have with all of my coworkers, whether it be they're teaching me Arabic or You know, this year and last year, you know, I did my best to participate in Ramadan and the fasting. And it's just been a good eye opening experience and a a a bridge kind of kind of like a bridge from my culture to another culture to actually sit there and learn about somebody. Um, I grew up in small town, USA. So my graduating class was about I love that reference because it is it's an old mill town um everybody's mama granddaddy everybody worked in the mill you know creating um creating linen from cotton like literally the cotton would come in on on bail trucks so um I didn't meet my first Muslim till I was 23 and I went to Mm. a state-funded large university with 35,000 people but you stay in your area. You stay with the people in your community. Even though there were 35,000 people, there were also almost, you know, five or 6,000 Black people. So you didn't really have to interact with people you didn't want to. Um, and I think that's been a major key here is just appreciating the culture, appreciating what other people bring to the table, and trying to make sure that I'm not being closed-minded due to the fact that I feel like as Americans, especially since 9-11 has happened, that the verbiage that's been used and the stereotypes that's been used about the Middle East specifically, that I didn't bring those over here with me, you know? So Mm. trying to make sure everybody understand like, hey, I didn't convert, but, you know, I'm wearing a sabaya every day, you know? I didn't convert, but during morning assembly, while they're, you know, reading the Quran, I might be saying a prayer in my head. So just understanding how their religion really impacts their day-to-day lives has been a big transformative piece of being able to get settled here. Um, Everything from things being called the ministry instead of the department or hearing the call to prayer throughout the day. It's just been an eye-opening experience that I think we, we as expats have to make sure that we're kind of uplifting that narrative because the narrative, as we can see, when there's the wrong narrative, everybody's going to believe it. Um, 
I think it's up to us to kind of make sure that we're uplifting the narrative that the Middle East isn't terrible, <laughs> you know, compared to what we've seen on TV, compared to... It's better than America. Right. Even with, you know, COVID-19, I have to tip off my hat and, you know, thank the UAE for how they handled this because... Right. Organized. Right. It's organized. I don't feel like anything is going to go crazy. Everybody's wearing their mask. Um, I'm sure this all has to do with the fines that are in place. But definitely just I, I'm appreciative. But you have to have structure. You, you do. And I think another thing that people forget is that this is still a developing country. Like this country is barely 50 years old. So the infrastructure of the exactly. country might be a little bit different. And they're still working things out. This new school model that they've implemented with incorporating English teachers is less than 20 years old. Like, we, we have students that have only learned in English. My students learn three languages a day. And it's totally different. So keeping that in mind, I feel like making sure I remember, hey, this is still a developing country. They're still trying to figure things out, see what works. And we know how changing curriculums, you need at least you know, six to seven years to see if it works. All these different things I just try to keep in mind because it keeps my perspective at this is still benefiting me more than if I was still back, you know, living next to the cows back at home. So it, <laughs> not the cows. I mean, you know, that is really next door. Cows, you know, deer, tur turtles, turkeys, everything's by the house. So you know, it's. I just appreciate the culture here. I think the main thing is just appreciating the culture. Once you appreciate the culture, you understand the method to the madness. That's what I like to understand. So, yeah, I, I appreciate being here. And I, I, I piggyback on what Ashley has said. Um, I've had a great experience thus far. I uh, really feel like the um, difference that... Um, this culture and not only uh, the other cultures that um, are here bring to the table are more than what I have um, had experiences with prior to coming here. Uh, America is all I know. I am very Americanized and I think um, my um, time here has taught me not, not to say that I did not have an appreciation um, for other cultures, but I, I feel like um, I can I can uh, empathize and, and sympathize with um, other people outside of myself, um, from the taxi drivers to the cleaners, to um, you know the the uh, nannies here. Um, it it makes me realize that I don't have anything to complain about, um, and you know every chance I get when I go back home, I do try and talk up. Uh, the country because I feel like there is uh, a misconception that of course you know the media uh, likes to portray um, you know when friends ask me oh you get your hair done there yeah <laughs> oh they have a McDonald's they have a pizza yeah um, I mean they have you know as many places here and if not more than they do in the U.S. and so I think um, if I were to um say anything to anybody back home, I would say, you know, come see for yourself, you know, step outside of yourself, um, come, come enjoy what this country has to offer so that you can, um, you know, see what, um, you know, see what uh, things that, that this country brings. I definitely would love for my children to experience um, being abroad. 
sometimes I feel like they don't appreciate um, the things that they're given. Um, and, and I think if they could see um, just for, you know, a day, a week, a month, um, how, you know, other kids here uh, live, um, I think I think they would have a greater appreciation for all that they've been given um, throughout their lives. And so outside of the professional aspect of it, I have definitely enjoyed um, the cultural experience here. It, it's, it's like none other. Um, and I definitely would, you know, um, encourage anybody who's having thoughts on moving here just to do it. Um, you know, if not for a summer, you know, maybe a year, but I think sometimes we get stuck into um, a sense of comfortableness um, because, uh, you know, change can be uncomfortable. But um, I, I feel like coming here has really pushed me to um, be, be, be more of an outside box thinker. And, um, you know, I just I, I, I can't, um, you know, I can't um, say enough about how uh, how well-rounded I think I will become or, or uh, uh, how much more um, worldly I will be once this experience is all over. So I definitely um, have enjoyed my time here experiencing um, people other than, you know, me. So that's my take on it. Um, I think that for me, I almost feel like it's a tale of two cities. Um, when we, when I think about living in uh, the U.S. and what I thought I knew and what I thought I had experienced and then coming here at first and really having to have all of my ideals and um, concepts uh, shifted and um, broken in some kind of ways. Um, as as all of you have mentioned in your own ways, uh, we, we have a preconceived notion and thought of what the Middle East is. And to me, as I reflect on my four years, the Middle East is marhaba, it's welcoming, it's um, speak it. full of uh, culture, rich culture, um, traditions, um, things that, you know, have lasted, you know, a long time and I think that it's definitely in one way on one hand it's very different because at home things that are older things that are um, tradition you know are laughed at or pushed aside and here they're they're embracing their culture you know they're 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 making sure that it doesn't die um, I had a friend here tell me that you know when a Middle Easterner uh, wants to go out with friends, they have dinner with their families first. Yes, we can go out and maybe have a coffee or maybe we can go, you know, you know, hang out for a few minutes, but family is first, tradition is first. Eating with my family is, you know, they think of the collective whole where I think a lot of times in our culture, we've gone into an individualized state where we just think of ourselves, even in our own families, we don't really connect on those ways. So while I saw it in that way where it was completely different, then I started to see the sameness. And I can remember talking to um, 
some of my uh, Egyptian sisters and Jordanian sisters that I now consider family and them telling me how, you know, their grandmothers cooked and the traditions in their family. And I said, hey, my grandmother did that, too. Or we did that, too. Or, you know, yes, on Fridays, everybody goes to spend time with family. Well, in the black family, in in my culture, you, you had to go to Big Mama's house. You had to go to Grandma's house after church. That was an unspoken rule and you couldn't get out of it unless you were, you know, bleeding or dying. So, you know, I, I began to see the longer I was here that although it seemed at first that we were so different, I began to see how much we're the same. And I, I, uh, you know, I love it. And oh, <laughs> and I don't think I'm saying that right, but I, I love the UAE. Um, a is love and it has, it has um, dug itself into my soul and it will be always be a second home to me. Yes, I love America. I'm a, I am a proud American, but even if I'm not able to come back here and live again, I will always see this place as a special place. Um, the people here, how they treat you. It's not perfect, but they lead with, like I said, Marhaba. And I've always felt welcome here. And, you know, I agree with Tiffany. If if you're considering it, um, do your research and, and think about it and definitely come with an open mind because it will reshape you if you let it. I think that's the main right. thing, too, that I was thinking about, like with my coworkers. Um, I know any of the weight I've gained here is because of my coworkers because they're always feeding me. <laughs> So, yes. you know, we have about three yes. or four different lounges, you know, in our upstairs area where we teach. Yeah. And it's always, you know, the vine leaves and the grape leaves and biryani yeah. and lamb. The collard greens and hummus. wraps with the vinegar on them because yeah. that's what they My is. principal makes an excellent one, you know. So, yeah. I, I think the yeah. communal aspect, I was talking to one of my good coworkers, Risa, love her to death. Um, she was explaining, she was like, well, I just don't understand why when you're in America, you turn 18, you, you kick people out of the house. She's like, I don't understand this concept. She's like, why would you kick? She's like, you have the teen on the end of your name. She's like, why would you kick out a teenager at the age of 18? You know, she's like, I don't understand that. She's like, my culture, you know, we're, we're still at home until we get married. And she's right, right. probably 39, 40 still at home, but she finds so much like understanding and compassion and joy for being able to take care of her, of her parents and still having right. siblings at home that she can still count on. But, you know, even with that, there's still the, oh, let's go meet up for coffee or come to the house. You know, we can, you know, do this or during Ramadan, let's come over for Iftar. Like it's a very communal aspect when it comes to that. Um, and I think Absolutely. that might just be because of the family structure. There's only myself and yeah. my sister and there's a seven year age difference between us. So when I tell my students this, they're so confused because I'll say 90% of my students have at least five siblings. And exactly. it, that's their culture. You know, they don't understand like, miss, why did your mother only have two? Like, what was wrong with her? You know, they don't, they don't <laughs> comprehend, you know? You sound just like this. Right. I just turned 31 on Sunday and my kids, Tiffany can attest to this. My kids play me all day. Like, miss, you're 30, you're 31. Like, why are you not married yet? Like, 
told me I was single as a Pringle. Like that was her exact words. <laughs> and that that's them. You know, they don't comprehend that from an American aspect, you know, or the naming. All of my kids' second names are their father's names. They think that my dad's name yes. is Renee. They don't understand that, like, no, this is totally exactly. different. So I think the same thing you said that we have so many differences. Um, and I think a lot of those differences, the cultural differences come down to the family structure and what we value in America compared to what we value here. Um, well, what they value here. And I think it's crazy because when you have, you know, for my, for example, I don't know where my ancestors come from. You know, I can do ancestry.com all day, but I have friends exactly. who, you know, I have friends exactly. who are, yeah. you know, my parents are born and raised in Jamaica and they have, you know, eight brothers and sisters. You know, I think expat Americans in America have a totally different experience when it comes to those communal things, because that's still so a part of the culture and Caribbean nations and Middle Eastern nations and African nations like it's so important and I think we've gone away from that for so much so just the culture I feel like has definitely opened up my eyes to what I would like my family structure to look like um, instead of what I've been taught like kind of unlearning what I've been taught. I, I, I just wanted to go back to what you said, because I thought that was so powerful when you said that she, you know, didn't understand why we're kicking out teens. And I think it comes down to our values. Like you said, we um, if if you're at home and you still live with your mom at 39, something's wrong with you. Exactly. Like those are things that are said to women. Sorry, Aiden, but, <laughs> but you know, those are things that are said to women um, and, and probably to guys, too. I'm not going to leave them out. Whereas here, that's normal. And, you know, I have a lot of Egyptian friends, so I'm not just picking on them. But, like, an Egyptian man still lives with his mother and father. And he allows them to not have to work so hard. And that's a badge of honor. Whereas here, I mean, in the U.S., if you, you know, if you were to, you know, go up to a woman and say, I still live with my parents, she's looking at you. Like, what's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I can't mess with you. You're a mama's boy or whatever. Oh, you broke. Yeah, or you're broke. And... You know, I just think it's our values. And it's also, you know, that big word perspective, because, you know, while we're doing that, we're not able to wealth build like they can here. You know, um, you know, getting close to a lot of my like I said, they're they're not even friends anymore. They're like family. And when I have these conversations with them about marriage contracts and dowries and um, how they build wealth, like they will buy a, a compound or a building and, you know, they all live like the, the grandfather and the grandmother are at the bottom. And this first floor is the mama and the father or auntie and uncle. And then the next floor is the children. And nobody's bothered by that. Whereas in America, we're trying to get away from our family. We're trying to live 20 miles away right. just so we won't have to, you know, run into them and we can feel like we still have our privacy. Whereas here, that's not. The concern, the concern is the family and how can we continue to build it? How can we continue to grow our wealth and expand and, you know, keep this going? So I just think it opens your mind. Um, like I'm leaving here 
with a whole different perspective of wealth. Um, I'm able to invest. You know, I don't have utilities here um, because I live in staff accommodations. I don't have this, the, the daily bills and the taxes that we have in the right. U.S. Right. And, the you know, all those different things. I'm, this is a blessing. And so I'm able to look at finances even dif- differently. I was able to reduce my, my debt coming here. So, you know, just having that time, um, I think, I think it was you, Ashley, that said, you know, feeling like you can breathe. Yes. You know, um, especially in a time like this, where that whole statement, I can breathe, is just a powerful statement in 2020 anyway, for all types of reasons. But literally, as a black woman, I feel relaxed here. You know, the, my biggest stress is somebody at my job that's going to say something to me sideways, <laughs> you know, but it's it, it, it's not my job. My job is not in 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 dire need. I'm, I don't have to worry about which bill I, I have to pay. Do I have enough money for gas and food? I don't have that. So I think, yeah, being able to breathe, being able if I if I can say anything about Abu Dhabi, I feel relaxed here. I feel happy here and I, I, I will miss it. Right. I think one of the biggest things that I had to um, wrap my brain around was, like Ashley and Robin said, was the idea of family. Um, Although I love my parents and my grandmother who live in the house that I was in, um, if I was out on a date or with my friends or my parents knew I left the house, they would not call me for me to stop what I'm doing to go do something else or even bother me with it. And if they did call, they knew that whenever I finished what I was doing, then I would get to them. Dating someone that's Muslim and that, like Robin says, they live here with their family in these compounds and these villas. Sheikh lives with his mom and two sisters. He is the baby, but as a Muslim Sudanese man, he runs that household. He has the final say-so. He tells them what to do. And they just feel like, women, you don't need to go run to this store. You don't need to lift this. I will take care of it for you. So if we Netflix and chilling and somebody calls and his sister says, I need you to bring my laptop to the restaurant she owns here, he feels the need to do it right now. And me being the spoiled American brat that I am, I could not wrap my brain around that. Like, what you mean? It's a laptop. Why they can't go get it? Like, why do you have to go do it? But like Robin and everyone has been saying, perspective, the values, things being implemented. It's it's very different here. And it gives you a new mindset and lets you see things from different lenses. Um, When I moved here... um. What you read about the UAE and like, you know, Robin, Robin likes to say, do your research. And even in, in that, you can't believe everything you see on the Internet or in the newspaper or in the media. Doing research on the Internet made me and my father believe that I needed to come here in long sleeves, button up shirt with long jeans, no rips in them because. And according to my daddy, my little hoochie mama tight clothes was not allowed <laughs> in the UAE. <laughs> and I got here and it's 110 degrees at two o'clock in the morning. And I get in the airport and Fatima and Rhoda got on the tank top and shorts. And I'm upset <laughs> because here I am buying a new wardrobe to think 
oh, I need to be covered. I need to be that. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes, you do. I have had people tell me and heard stories of people saying that, you know, their friend went to the mall. We have 12 malls here in Abu Dhabi. 12. Yes, I said 12. One, two, 12. And they turned her around because her skirt was a little too short and she was heavy chested and the things were sitting up a little too much. And she was not going to walk in these people establishment looking like that. There are different things that we, you know, have to adjust to the maids. Um, my maid comes bi-weekly and I pay her 40 dirhams. 40 dirhams is 40 dirhams an hour. So that's three hours, 120 dirhams. That's only 40 American dollars for someone to be cleaning, mopping, sweeping, washing dishes, folding clothes, doing laundry, making bed, cleaning an entire apartment. It's a one-one, but it's a good square footage. What do you think our square footage is here? Just that. Are they back, by the huh? way? Like, could I, like, you know, do that again? I haven't, I haven't hit up that site. I don't know what the app is, but they have an app for that. Just mop they have an app is for the app over here, by the way. Whoever, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, I'm a just yeah, mop. just mop. Um, my maid is not from Just Mop. I hired um. Yeah, I don't from think it's school. called Just Mop. I think it was more dignified than that. <laughs> what was it called? <laughs> right, but our apartment's about eight, eight hundred to nine hundred square feet, give or take, for the for just a bedroom, just the bedroom alone. That's not the entire apartment, but just in general. And then if you get a two-two, depending on if you have family members or anything, it goes up, of course, or the three-bedroom. But I just think that it's a huge adjustment. Our maids. And cleaning services, like my dad picks on me all the time. Like you have made them like that, you would too. If you you pay someone to clean your house from top to bottom for only forty dollars, that's nothing. And then to go to the professional aspect of it, the Common Core, like they said over and over again, Common Core standards. Our brand is American Curriculum School, but you have teachers from New Zealand, you have teachers from Ireland for South Africa, and they do not know what a common core standard is, yet alone what a standard is, how to teach it, how to implement it, how to put it in a lesson. And then you have me, like last year coming in, Black Title One HBCU, shout out to FAMU, those rattlers, <laughs> um, who they drilled standards in our head and how to teach it, and then going to a Title One school. You know, they didn't play about that. And then to come here and then, you know, I was in charge of reading and, you know, they want to teach nouns only for a week. Excuse me? What? <laughs> um, <laughs> That's not. Yo, my school had them teaching verbs for a week. I was so pissed. I was like, what? <laughs> right. I was that rigorous. Like, all. that's that's not, it's, it's so much more to it, but it's not their fault. They have to take ownership and take charge and be able to give you the proper training that you need, the proper training that you need in order to understand how to implement these strategies and these learning techniques and all those different things. I mean, and then let's go to the kids. They have drivers that pick them up. They have nannies. I had to get used to that. I, t I tell my kids to this day, don't have, you know, they have what, three and four or five brothers and sisters and the nannies carrying six book bags and they walking out playing on their iPhone or their iPad. No. Get your book bag. Get your iPad. 
and you walk out on your own. Your nana does not need to be carrying that. She can do that when she get home or when she's not in front of me. But in this building, when I when you're in my clear sight, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that at all. So that that was a big, big thing that was an adjustment and being able to see things with, with you know, a different lens, I would say. I think with that, I tried my first year, like my kids would leave their lunch trays on a table and expect the cleaners to clean up after them. Um, so my first year, maybe first two years, I was so adamant, like, you all have to do this. But I think I finally got it in my head that this is their norm, that this is their norm. I've been to co-workers homes and I've seen the maids and nannies, you know, clean up after them like it's nothing. So when they get to school, of course, it's the same thing. Like, miss, why do I have to do this? Like, I don't do this at home. You know, it, it, may, it makes no sense to them because that's not the environment. That's not the standard of living that they're accustomed to is cleaning up after cleaning up after themselves. And I'm not saying all of them are like this, but I definitely think it was like a hard pill to swallow. And like, do I want to have this fight with my kids about what you're doing now in my classroom? We, we, we have rules, you know, like I've literally stopped class so that you all can clean up this classroom because I'm not teaching in junk. Right. You know, but their nannies, their maids, like some of them are delight, delighted to cater to them because that's all they know. Or some of them are like, you know, I've had her since she was two months old. This is this is also my child. So I think with certain cultural things is do I want to fight it? Or is this just something that I need to get used to because my kids are used to it, you know? So same thing with assembly, same thing with getting a maid, pumping gas. Like, I'm low-key tight when I come home and I got to pump gas. Like, this Right, because you do not have to pump gas. Right, that's here. ghetto. Like, that's ghetto to me, you know? <laughs> Like that that's not what I'm it's signing been ghetto up for. cleaning since COVID. Like I'm not <laughs> pumping gas. I get upset. Like, why do I have to pump my own gas every time I cross the Atlantic? Like it is not fun. So I think just like everybody has wrapped up to say culture compared to our communities and our areas back at home compared to what they're doing here are going to be on two different things. But if anybody wants to move here, I would suggest one, like everybody said, yes, do your research. But two, I feel like their research needs to come from a firsthand source, somebody who's been here a minute, right. somebody, not just somebody Absolutely. who traveled and, you know, they went to Saffron for brunch, they went to Burj Khalifa, they went on a desert, desert safari and that was it. You know, like, I don't trust those narratives because those narratives are the ones that end up making you bring all of your long sleeve clothes when we in bikinis on yachts, you know? So it's <laughs> hello, trapped in the desert part. You know, so soon. it's <laughs> I think perspectives of people who are here make the ultimate difference. Those those are the main perspectives I've had. I had somebody who lived out in the West, out in Ruiz. I had somebody who lived in Alain and I had somebody who lived in Dubai. So I got a very good perspective of the entire country because those are three totally different areas and it wasn't you know, oh, girl, bring everything you got, like everything you can wear. But it was, you know, some, hey, don't walk into the mall with ripped up shorts on and a crop top. You know, don't ever walk to the mosque looking like this. But if you out on the beach, have at it. So just making sure that we get a true narrative instead of a published narrative of what somebody wants us to think, I think is a very good case to make sure that we pay attention to. 
Okay, what are the benefits of your school? Like from healthcare to salary to accommodation, living. Let's talk about it. Um, I'll start. I'll jump in there. I oh. think oh. that my benefits when I came here in 2015 were a little bit different compared to what they are now. For four years, I did not pay any rent. Um, the only thing I had to pay were utilities, and that averages to about a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars a month. Um, the medical, it was amazing not seeing three hundred and four hundred dollars for insurance taken out of my check like it was at home. And I think that's probably been one of my best benefits. Back in 2017, I had an emergency surgery. Um, and th- part of it wasn't even covered like and I only paid 149 durhams and that included the ER a MRI a CAT scan the actual surgery and a hospital stay for four days so when I think about how much money I would have paid at home it it keeps me Mm -hmm. here (laughs) because I know for a fact that bill would have been astronomical and to know that I have basic insurance here and that's what's covered lets me know it just puts in perspective what America does for healthcare. Like it really is a business and it's not about the people. It's really about lacing the pockets of who's in charge. So, you know, even going to the doctor only having to pay 50 dirhams and 50 dirhams equates to about $13 insurance covers Mm -hmm. all of that that's been my biggest blessing as far as my job. Um, My apartment on the 29th floor overlooking the water, excellent amenities that look like a resort with palm trees and pools. And, you know, it's, I can't complain about my amenities. Um, My school in general is an amazing school. It's a trilingual school where my kids learn English, Arabic, and Mandarin every day. Um, from their, you know, English teachers, their local teachers, and then their Chinese teachers. So I enjoy working at my school. I enjoy the different cultures that just emerge, um, learning how to read certain things in Mandarin and having Chinese New Year Day. Like, it's very culture-based to make sure that every culture is represented in the school. Um, But I definitely think my package now I have to pay a little bit more, but it's still half as much as what I would pay at home Um, instead of having to worry about, hey, I want to do I have enough money to go on vacation? No, I now know I have plenty of money to go on vacation because I don't have to pay excess amount of rent and medical insurance and all these other nuances that weigh heavy on you when you're back at home. You don't really have that here. So from the public school side, um, I think I might be the only one on this call from public school, but from the public school side, I think we get paid a little bit more, but we have to pay more. So it kind of balances out compared to public school um, and just the different types of kids. And it's just different between public and private. But as far as public school is concerned, I have no no qualms. So that's my take on working here and the benefits and the packages and um, just trying to make sure that people understand that, hey, that they'll pay you and pay you what you're worth or at least a fraction of what we think you're worth to work here. Yeah, I, I, I can piggyback. The only difference is I am in the private sec- um, private schools, but same experience as uh, Ashley, that 
50 dirham copay hits differently <laughs> when you realize it's only 13 American dollars. And like she said, it covers your doctor's appointment, the whatever meds they prescribed you. Specialists. Um, specialists. Um, Surgeries. I, I uh, hurt my toe really, really bad uh, here. I had an x-ray. I had all, you know, these different things. I've had... Um, a respiratory infection. I've had all these things here and each time no more than 13 American dollars and all my service within that was included. Um, I've had MRI. I've had all these things, just different things happen. And like Ashley said, astronomical. It would be, it, I would have been in debt if I had had the same um, bill in America. It would have just changed everything. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Housing, um, I, as, as Ashley said, I work for private, so I make a little bit less probably than the public schools with um, Attic, but it's offset because in the public school, they don't pay for your child. So my son went to school free here, and he has an IB uh, diploma. He finished um, and graduated last year, so I didn't have to pay anything, um, and that was a blessing where that's not everybody's story. Um, so it, it balanced out, you know, I, it, I love the package here. I was very satisfied with it. And when you look at everything you get, it's worth it. Um, when I think about, I don't have to answer anyone in terms of net versus gross pay. You know, my check is my check and um, there's nothing taken out of that. Um, and that's a secure feeling. So that's my experience. Right. So I, I definitely agree about the benefits. Um, um, of, of being here. I haven't had the, um, the experience of going to the doctor. I mean, I just uh, went to the dentist maybe a couple of weeks ago and um, I got a cleaning as well as tooth whitening for 250 durhams. And so um, definitely could not have gotten those services for that amount back in the state. So what is 250 durhams in American money? What like estimate? Uh, two fifty might be. It's sixty eight dollars. So I think it's about like sixty eight dollars. Yeah. 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 Whereas I've had yeah. to pay for teeth whitening in the past in the U.S. and it was straight up five hundred USD, um, and that was you know with the insurance. So um, the benefits really are 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 grand. Um, I made a point to eradicate or try to eradicate all my bills before leaving the U.S. Um. I own a house back in the States and uh, was lucky enough to find renters. And so um, even though I still, quote unquote, have a mortgage and I own the house, I'm lucky to have renters who are paying um, uh, rent every month. And I, I accrue at least uh, 170 off of that. So, um, you know, I'm able to really save here. Um like I said, I, I, you know, I have a plan and I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I don't veer off that plan because my sole purpose for coming here was to, tr to uh, uh, create a nest egg for myself and my kids. And so um, definitely um, it has been um, a, a great way for me to work on uh, my end goal. So um you know, again, anybody who is thinking about coming here, wants to come here, as Steve Harvey said, just jump. Just jump. 
you know, so like like I said, I'm still learning and 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 growing here. So I'm I'm not sure how it used to be, but I'm getting perspective from you all and and the things that you've shared. But um, in terms of how my school works, it's a private school, um, similar to some of the things that you guys have shared. Um, they have like a a, a lump sum package that they give you, um, and you kind of look for your apartment because this particular school had like an uh, issue with expats in the past where, you know, they rented out an entire villa for them. And then those same, you know, expats would just like leave, you know, and go to another school or something would happen. And the school has really come a long way. And, you know, and to avoid that, they they ended up losing a lot of money is what I, you know, I got the rationale from them um into why they just don't set us up with an apartment and that was kind of one of the hurdles i've dealt with coming in here but i think that also escalated my maturity and that i had to go look for uh an apartment on my own i was staying in hotels for like the first three months um and they would just give you everything in a package right they would say here take all of this money and you're responsible for looking for where you want to live this is where the school is and now that I look back at it, um, I'm appreciative of that because it allowed me to have like a control over where I wanted to live. And I was looking at apartments and shopping around the city. I was thankfully I found something I really enjoy. Um, I knew I was looking for like a, a view of some sort with a large balcony and I was able to get that. And I was really happy about that. Um, and I, um, have been appreciative of like some of the things that you've said in terms of the health benefits here. I haven't been sick um, a lot, knock on wood, because <laughs> I'm not trying to be sick. Right. You know, that's a real expensive, that's not something to be seeking after. But over here, I've learned by being sick a month ago over like just having some food poisoning during Ramadan. I remember that. You know, just getting some, yeah, just getting some medicine wasn't a lot. It, I believe. I ordered some medicine from the pharmacy and they deliver everything to you guys. You know, over here, it's not a thing that can't be delivered. You can have your laundry delivered. You can have, you know, food quickly delivered. You can even have medicine delivered in groceries. And that's not something that was really privy to back home. I wouldn't really, I think I would have to drive out to go get it. And over here, it's like they really want to serve you um and make uh your life easy as right. much as possible which i appreciate so they they brought over the medicine and i think i only paid like 74 dirhams and it was a lot of medicine you know and i'm just thinking back to like rite aid or cvs back home that might have cost me you know at least over like 70 to 80 dollars depending on what type of medicine you're looking for so it's that that piece um i don't drive but even uh before i was like really interested in driving I know that the the car rates over here is also inexpensive, you know, so you can really find a nice car or even if you want to like um, rent out a car, you could pay as little as um, 150 a month. So it's uh, it's it's they afford you a lot of opportunities over here. Just the access to a beach. You can just you can just literally be teaching one hour. Take yourself to, <laughs> to the nice corniche. Go eat somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you could you could be living just soaking in that sun. It's it's so it's life over here is truly easy. Um I think about like even hearing uh, the perspective of women um and how they view safety over here versus how they view safety back home. 
I see one man outside of my, um, you know, building just running, like having night walks and just get, get getting some night runs in. And it's totally you never have to worry and... about that ever. You never have to worry no, about I was in uh, no. getting my hair done one time and I think I left at midnight and I didn't fear for my life walking to get a taxi at midnight. Now, don't get me wrong. They, they will stare. Uh, they will burn a hole in the back of your head, on the side of your head, and your <laughs> butt, whatever. They're going to look at you, but they don't bother you. They don't follow you. Yeah. They don't say anything. They just they just look. Now, you may have a few that get bold in, in the malls. And, and mashallah, habiti, habiti. Mashallah, take my <laughs> number, habiti. You have those moments, but it's not as frequent as it would be in america yeah america it's it's just like coupled with you know cat calling and sometimes it gets yeah, physical yeah. you know uh and it's just unacceptable and um over here it's like you just you could walk around like three four in the morning there's days where you know if i just want to go out for a walk and granted i'm a male i benefit from male privilege but you know it's safe like i don't have to ever feel like a police officer Absolutely. might kill me. Right. Like that it will never like they I just see them as people just doing their job over here. Uh I don't I don't even think I've seen a gun on them. You know? I don't know if you have, but I haven't. Like they are pretty uh about their business. They don't bother you and you really you really have to be doing some yeah. crazy stuff, you know, for them to say something to you. Because like they they mind their business, unlike you know American police officers. Just uh, seeing, just comparing my experiences with law enforcement back home and law enforcement here is just like night and day, you know. And just that safety piece, um, and also just like I remember, I lost my phone in a taxi one time, and um, just like I walked out, and it's so easy to like have stuff just fall out of your pocket, but I'm. I'm at the um the Waffy Mall and I'm like, hold on, I don't, I don't have my phone on me. Like, what's going on? And I'm like, dang, I might have left it in the taxi. Luckily, the taxi's camera picked it up, and not only did it pick it up, right? Because they got cameras mm-hmm. everywhere. Hawkeye, that worked. Like, like it, you know, it, it, and that's one thing. You know, I think um, Ashley said this earlier about like, you know, you're as an American, you just gotta. Was it you? I don't know if it was Tiffany or Ashley. You guys said. You got to just leave that American stuff behind. Like, once you mm-hmm. come over here, right? I know Americans would just be on guard. like, you know, how dare you? You know, how dare you record me and all of this privacy? Like, come on. Like, I initially was weirded out by it, but then I was just like, nah, that's actually keeping people safe. You know? I want to be recorded in a sense. Like, it's going to hold people accountable. It's going to ensure things are operating in a safe manner. And, um... It has helped me on on numerous occasions. Like I dropped the phone, and the phone, the taxi's camera picked it up. The taxi was able to connect with me. It was able to connect with RTA. RTA was able to come in less than a thirty minutes to the mall and give me my phone. You know, and I'm just thinking, would that no. have happened in a New York app? Like probably not. You know, that shit would have been gone probably in some type of sewer. And, and one of them rap from the Ninja Turtles probably using my phone. Like, it, like, that's, like that would have all happened in the span of an hour. Like, you know? And it's, um, that would, like, this, the level of safety here, the benefits, um, and 
just the ease of yeah, mind. The peace of mind. Uh, particularly <laughs> as a per- person of color, like the ease of mind. Like I don't have to worry about too many different things that I would just like stress myself over back home. Like I would be stressed out a lot about a lot of things, but over here it's just it's just, it's a calm. It's definitely a calm that that I was I was searching for, and I do believe that you know God has placed me here to um, access peace. You know, I've been asking for that back home as much as possible. And, like, he's he's allowed me to be in an environment that contributes to my sanity rather than taking I think I spoke with somebody. True. I definitely agree. Um, I think I Go spoke ahead. with somebody about this on Facebook yesterday because I don't know about y'all, but I really feel like when I see somebody trying to go off about the UAE, like, I just want to rally and be like, nah, that's not it. Um, I've become a spokesperson. So, of course, I don't know if you all have noticed, but typically when I'm, you know, I might make a post like, yeah, I'm headed home. People are always saying have fun. And then if I say I'm headed back here, it's the complete opposite of be safe. So typically, like yesterday, someone said, oh, you may may, might need to be safe over there because they were talking about, you know, the police and everything that's going on at home. But I kind of had to quickly remind them, like, does your city have happiness police? You know, do do your does your city have <laughs> a happiness desk in the mall? Right, a whole Who happiness desk. You, you know, happiness like center. I've watched the police yeah. pull over. I've been in a car yeah. when the happiness happiness police have pulled people over and given them an Atisalai. Atisalai is an internet company, giving them a Atisalai gift card, saying thank you so much for wearing your seatbelt and uh, using your turn signals. That, that, that is the type of of policing that I don't worry about. My school is sitting right next to a police station and it's the most calm place ever. Mm -hmm. Like typically people are coming in there to register something. Oh, I lost this. Like because the crime rate is so low, I never see police officers that are stressed out. You know, even when I've been at accidents here, they're so calm. Like, oh, tell me what happened. Like, oh, okay, yeah. no problem. You know, it's complete yeah. opposite than when I'm at home. If I'm driving past a police officer here and one of their Mercedes or Lamborghinis or whatever they're pushing for today, I'm not worried. Like, I'm not checking my review mirror to <laughs> see if they're going to turn around and come follow me, you know? Exactly. It's yeah, gotcha. Right, and that's mentally draining. Like, that's, that I really feel like, it maybe it's just me, but I really feel like Black people have so much PTSD when it comes to, like, their safety. Yeah, it's its own form of It comes to our Absolutely. safety. There's so many mental right. things that are draining, and like I said, I can't have these conversations with everybody back at home because either one... Right, they don't they understand. Don't understand. Yeah. Two, they're gonna think, "Oh, you being bougie, you changed." You're right, I have changed. I've grown, and my perspective is expanded, and yours should too. But that's another story. And three, it's what what you're understanding from the media is not exactly what's going on in real life. So I think whenever I go home, it's a totally different experience. Um, I've been, you know, lashed out at from friends like, "How dare you leave your phone at the bar?" And I'm like, "Well." Man, I forgot where I was. Like, I can leave it at the bar here and be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, nothing. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Nothing gets right. taken over here. Like, really, you can just leave your phone. I left my phone on a around a no. lot of people, like in the middle of a beach. Yeah. Right. Take it. 
You could come back to it. I left 500 durhams in a car. 500 durhams sitting with my windows down, doors unlocked, 500 durhams sitting on the actual um, seat. I came out the next morning and it was there. You know, the thing is, it's the camera aspect. Like, it goes back to that. Like, wherever there's a camera and there's plenty of them over here. Yeah. You will get, you know, you'll get caught. Not to mention, they just play that over here. Like, my friend left my purse at Five Guys, and it was just huge for me. Like, oh my gosh, girl, don't leave my purse. My stuff gonna get taken. And she was like, no, like nothing's gonna happen. Like they don't do that over here. I even left my um stuff at Home Center, which is like Home Goods for us, and nothing happened. I went walking around the store, cart only my purse in there, and it's clearly open, and no problems. Like it was just. I had a, a, a safety net when it came down to that. Um, salaries, tax-free, like a, a lot of mentioned, I am with the private sector. Um, I don't have to pay rent. I don't have to pay utilities. Um, my school, when I moved here, the campus director picked me up from the airport. The security met me here at the apartment. The security gave me my keys and walked me in. When I got in, there was a, a coffee uh, set, a tea set, um, groceries waiting for me in there. Um, they took me to Ikea. They had bedding for me until I bought new bedding. Um, it's just so many different aspects that I respect and I loved about the way my school handled it. I couldn't imagine and hats off to you guys in the pop, um, public who had to find your own and stay in hotels. That's strength and independence. And I just don't personally, that just would have put a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, that, that, that definitely took a lot. That definitely took a lot. Now, for our final and last question, when do you feel like it's time for you to leave? I think it's time for me to leave once this place no longer benefits me. And I believe that's the reason why I've been here for so long. Um, The UAE was my first trip out of the country. And by first trip, I mean, my first trip out of the country was when I boarded the plane to move here. So... I haven't had that many, you know, oh, we're going to the Bahamas, we're going to Jamaica, you know, it's, that wasn't my narrative. My narrative was, I work, I pay my bills, I may enjoy the vacation, you know, every now and again, but that wasn't my narrative. So my narrative here has just changed the trajectory of my life, like, not just my mindset, but just my life in general. So I think if there ever gets to a point where I feel like one, I'm not safe, which I don't think that'll ever be an issue. Um, Two, I'm not making enough money for the lifestyle I wish to maintain or three it's causing me more stress. There are more kind senators pros being here. That's when I'll leave. But I don't think that it's a a one way flight back to America. I don't think that's my only option. Um, Do I want to go home? Of course. But do I feel safe going home? No, I I don't. Um, I don't feel safe. I don't feel valued. And I don't feel seen at home. Um, I feel seen here as an American first and then a Black woman second. I don't know how that works. (laughs) Maybe somebody else has a different perspective. But being seen here as American just kind of tips the scale a little bit. So going home I don't know going to another country I'm with it like no problem but right there's no reason for me to go home like it doesn't need to be a lateral move it it has to be something better than what I'm making what my mindset has been on 
and how I function. So the answer to that question is, I don't know, <laughs> but I think I'll know when the time comes, you know, it's five years here, starting year six in August. Um, I think it'll be an eye-opening experience that's going to cause me to move home. Could it be dating? Could it be, well, not, yeah, could it be dating? Um, who knows? Could it be an awesome job opportunity with a great salary? Who knows? But staying here has been A-OK -okay for me. I'm pleased. I'm happy. And I'm thankful for the opportunities that the UAE has provided. I can't travel like I used. If I were at home, I would definitely not be traveling like I am. Um, since I've been here, I've been to 26 countries and that's compared to some people I know who've been Go. to a hundred countries, you know, like I, I wouldn't have had this opportunity at home because we can be in another country within a matter of hours. You know, there's nothing for us to say, oh, let's go to Oman this weekend. Let's go to Zanzibar. Let's go to Egypt. You know, let's, let's go to Germany. Like it's nothing for us to hop on a plane here. So that aspect, I'm not willing to give up unless the states wants to pay us triple what they were paying us before. Then I, I'll I'll pass. So yeah, I'll be here for a while. We'll see. We will see. So I think when you talk about home for me, um, you know, my kids will be the determining factor for me going home. Um, I think it would be a different story if I had them here with me. Um, I would definitely like for them to experience what I've been experiencing. However, right now, that's not the case. So um, I am I'm here on a three-year contract. However, um, I, you know, I feel a strong pull for me to um, make sure that I... So my oldest is 19, uh, middle is 16, and my youngest is 13. And, and I'm feeling a strong pull for me to eventually um, just go back home and finish uh, mothering my kids. Um, if, I do t if, if I do happen to stay for uh, three years, my youngest will be in ninth grade. And I would love for her to have the opportunity to... Um, come back with me. However, there's another person um, that factors into that equation and that's her dad. And so, um, you know, I would never want to um, not have his take on um, my decision in having our daughter um, move out of the country because, you know, she is our child and um, it's, it's not my decision alone as to what I do with them. And so, um, you know, out of respect for him as, as, you know, um, their father, you know, I always have to take, um, how he feels, um, into consideration. And so, um, you know, again, I, I'm thinking strategically and, um, you know, I may go home, uh, before my three years is up, but definitely, um, when I feel that, that strong pull and it, it may be coming soon, I don't know, but, um, you know, it, it will be it will be a lot of factors that uh, will cause me to go home. Um, I, I definitely would love to, you know, have my kids have a worldly experience. Um, but for me, I have to think about their father as well and, um, you know, his access to them and, you know, him not seeing them and um, them spending time with him. And so, um, you know, there's more to my decision 
of being here than just, you know, what I want and, and, and uh, what I need. So uh, home for me will, will, um, will be uh, a decision um, that's based on two thoughts instead of one. Um, so uh, for me, not to be uh, religious, but um, for me, I know God brought me here. I know it, I came here at the perfect time and I know that I'm leaving at the perfect time. Um, and, and, and this isn't where my story ends. He has more for me to do and I have to trust him. Um, I just have to say it cause it's on my heart. Um, it doesn't, <laughs> I'm, I'm a faith walker and it's not easy because I'm looking at, the climate at home in the U.S. I'm looking at jobs that are not there. I'm looking at a lifestyle that is totally different from the one I've been blessed to have in these four years that I've been here. But I know that I know that I know the same way he brought me here, he's going to take care of me there. So for me, I, I just have to trust. I have to walk in blind faith and know that no matter what I see with my natural eyes, it is completely different in my spiritual realm. So um, it, my time at this moment is is done in the UAE, and that's not to say I can't come back. But wherever I go, it will be because God leads me, not because I think it's best or someone's telling me or um, you know all these other things. I, I have to trust and have to walk because when I when I submit to Him, things work out perfectly, and when I try to do it my way, it doesn't. So for me, I, I'm just following um, his guidance for me at this moment in my life. For me, you know, I, I have some unfinished business with this, this side of the world that has yet to be complete. Um, I'm still very much new. I want to explore every, you know, facet of this, um, country, but not only this country, but surrounding countries and explore the world and um, realize um, everything that I've been seeking back home. I feel like I've only completed maybe 20% of everything that I was, you know, I wrote down prior to coming over here. And it's just so much more, so much more things to do, so much more things to see Um and so much things to soak in and experience. Um, in my time here, um, although it's been short, it's been 10 months, uh, I've, I've seen a lot. As a, uh, I've always been a, a travel-heavy person, even when I was back home. Um, and I was looking to just triple that and quadruple that as much as possible while living in, a, in an area um, that allows me to do that. I've only been to Turkey so far and I've enjoyed it um but you know it's it's still so much more places like you know uh, there's Egypt there's Morocco there's India there's Africa like all of it I want to see all of it and um I'm going to inshallah and I'm gonna just be just walking in this path and and just remaining um faithful in whatever God has in store for me and um, just being positive as possible. Uh, I thank him 
like every day for allowing me to be in this position. And um, it is something to be, you know, really thankful for. They, this country is great and um, it just affords you so much uh, opportunities to truly live your best life in all of its glory, you know, and um, I'm, I'm just excited for what the future has to hold. I hope, you know, uh, God has written more years for me over here. You know, I know that everything is in his will. I could have all of these lofty ambitions and aspirations, but if he doesn't see it fit and what he has in store for me, then it's not going to happen, you know? And um, I just need to uh, just remain faithful and, and just, and I'm just excited for what the future has to hold. You know, like I said, I ha- I haven't touched everything that I've been wanting to manifest. Like coming to Dubai was just one small manifestation of, you know, everything that I've been seeking while when I was back home. When it was just me and God having conversations and just praying, it's just it's just so much more that I asked for, and um, I'm excited to accomplish all of that um, in the near future, um, if God wills. Right. Um, I think the reoccurring word here is out on a whim. You know, I talked about in episode one, the reasons that motivated me to move out here, as well as the beginning of this episode. I just feel that I like Aiden said, I have unfinished business here. Um, Robin talked about, you know, faith. Um, Being here has allowed me to get a closer relationship with God. I think in America, I had so many distractions, so many other things or people that I put before him. And here, I'm able to be with myself and God and God alone. Don't get me wrong. I have, you know, friends that have turned into family and co-workers that have turned into my sisters and all of those things. But at the same time, I live in this apartment alone. Um, when I go, be- when I go to bed, you know, at night for the most part <laughs> alone, um, <laughs> sometimes, you know, <laughs> um, I'm allowed to have pure, genuine, honest conversations with God about my next steps. Um, I've learned that my prayers have changed. I no longer really pray for what I want, but what he wants me to do. Because with that, um, it gives me more of a clear vision. Uh, you know, sometimes we make our own plans and what we want to do and what we want to happen with our life, but that's not what God wants us to do. And I've learned that the hard way. So for me, I am now, you know, I think this is how this podcast got started. Aiden, you asked me, you know, how long you've been doing this? Like, oh, how did this start? It, it was, what is my purpose, God? Outside of being an educator, I just felt a gap. And it wasn't a relationship. It wasn't a man. It wasn't a, a child or anything like that. I just felt like something was missing of my purpose of what I needed to do. And it was something that I was afraid to do because I don't like being vulnerable. But being here has allowed me so many opportunities to grow, not not only professionally, but as a, as a human being, as a black woman. It's allowed me to understand my culture, who I am, history, uh, different aspects of the way people think and uh, ethics of work and all those different things. I just feel like when my time is up, I'll know. I have prayed about it and I just leave it in his hands. And that's that. I have a bucket list. I'm almost done with my master's. That was one thing that was on my list. Um, 
I wanted to get a leadership role. You'll wait on that news. Um, I wanted to get other fulfillments. And I feel like when the time comes and it's time for me to go, like it won't be any doubt about it. I know right now it's just not time. And like, you know, Tiffany, Robin, or Robin, Ashley, Aiden have said, you know, the difference in living in America. I don't feel safe. I look in the rearview mirror. I don't want to live like that. I don't have worries of that. We worry about things that we should not worry about in America, period. And that's a whole nother episode. We're not even going to get into that. But I just feel like here I'm safe. I'm happy. I'm in, and and mo most importantly, I'm at peace, period. And mm -hmm. nothing and no one is allowed in this country to take that away. So for that, I'm eternally grateful. This has been an amazing, insightful episode. I'm going to allow everybody to drop those IG, Facebook, whatever handles they want. Don't worry. We're going to put out these bomb photos so you can hear and see the voice and the, the visuals that go with these voices. And these big words, they talking like T.I. expeditiously. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that you guys are tuned in. I appreciate you for listening. Again, this is T with Tiffany J. And Ashley, you go ahead and start it. Tell us what our, your IG handles are, Facebook, whatever you want them to know. Um, we can stick with IG. Uh, not Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> right, a little personal, a little personal. <laughs> well, a little personal, um, but my Instagram name is underscore Ash Renee, so A-S-H-R-E-N-E-E. -E. Aiden? Uh, my Instagram name is a bit, you know, abrasive, <laughs> but I'm not, you know, I'm not really like that. I'm actually a very humble, you know, man of God. So, with that being said, my Instagram name is Mr. Flex God. That's M R F L E X G A W D. Tiff, you can catch me um, on my Instagram page at Drake for You. That's D R A P E, the number four, the letter U. Robin. Uh, you can find me on my Instagram handle at 19Bobby. That's 19B-O-B-B-I-E. And this is your host, Tiffany J. My IG is T-T-E-E, -E, Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-J. And, of course, you need to follow T with Tiffany J on Facebook, Instagram, as well as Twitter, T with Tiffany J. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope this episode has been as rewarding as it has been with me. These are amazing people that I have created amazing bonds and relationships with. I love them all. And again, thanks for tuning in.